On a four-acre lot in Charleston, South Carolina, sits the Old Charleston Jail, also commonly referred to as the Old City Jail. Who or what still resides within the jailhouse constructed in 1802? Let's investigate in this episode of Alcoholic Anomalies. I'm Jason Sparks, and with me is my co-host, Bobby Strickland. Bobby, what's your initial thoughts on the Old City House Jail? It's old. It's all really got. I don't I, give you a lot from the get-go. Right now, but. I mean, I do know a little bit about the history. Um, I know there were several murders and hangings there in that jail. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm pretty excited for this episode. So I'll let you just kind of tell me a little bit more about it so I can ask you some questions. <laughs> All right, that's fair enough. Uh, so we'll kind of jump into the history a little bit more. So as I mentioned, the prison does sit on a four-acre lot constructed in 1802 and saw operations until 1939. During the prison's tenure, it had housed notable criminals, including pirates, uh, prisoners of war during the Civil War, and also, as you said, countless murderers uh, and other criminals as well. Oh, and you said pirates? High sea pirates. So they're like, bring me that booty more ways than one. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could say in a way. You could say in a way, yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, of those incarcerated, it is estimated between a few hundred to several thousand people died within the prison walls. So, I mean, I, I don't know if, if that goes into to the, you know, getting the booty or not i'm not sure it's a pirate's booty i thought it's it was pirate's booty man <laughs> uh, to, to kind of dive into uh some of the nodal inmates uh that still haunt the uh old city jail to this day uh one of the biggest most infamous of uh these specters would be the uh, married couple jim and lavania fisher who were imprisoned in 1819 Lavania is believed to be the United States' first female uh, serial killer. However, the two were not convicted of murder, but instead were convicted of highway robbery, which at the time was a capital offense. Uh, Jim Lavania supposedly ran a hotel called the Six Mile Wayfair House, where Lavania would lure uh, lonesome wonders into the hotel, where she would poison the tea that she provided to them, and would and then invite them to stay the night. So instead of the Bates Motel, it should have been the Fisher Hotel. I think it should have. I, I think they, they really missed on a, on a good marketing ploy there, but... They're fishing for these people. See, see, we're getting creative here. You know, we might have our own, you know, uh, potential show coming up, uh, going off this episode, but... Fishers of Men. Okay, okay, oh, I perfect. like that. Perfect. I like that. Um... And so kind of diving into uh, what Lavanya and her husband would do after they invited them to stay the night, uh, her husband Jim uh, would proceed to beat these men to a pulp in their weakened state once they had gone to bed for the night. Uh, then after that, they would, he would throw them out and take anything valuable that they had on them. Um, but there's still a few theories behind the fishers um, and if this was an actual true claim or not. Um, and one of the big theories that is kind of embedded itself into local legend in Charleston, South Carolina, would be that uh, Lovania would uh, send these individuals to bed after having poisoned their tea 
and would pull a lever causing those who lay in bed to plummet to their death. Um, some said that it was spikes at the end of their fall. Some would say that they were uh, decapitated by Jim once they got to the basement. There's plenty of rumors to go around when it comes to what actually happened to these individuals who were allegedly murdered in the Six Mile Wayfair house. Um, the uh, Fishers were eventually arrested and convicted of highway robbery, um, not uh, the murders as we had previously stated, even though the legend does uh, betray them as uh, murderers and Levani being the first American serial killer. Uh, while the couple was in the Old City Jail, they had attempted a prison escape uh, that eventually did fail because the escape rope that they had fashioned from old linens uh, had snapped while Jim had tried to scale down the jailhouse wall. Uh, but instead of leaving, instead of leaving his wife, Jim hung around and was eventually recaptured and put back into uh, higher security to where uh, they were not given another opportunity to escape. I think you could say the guards felt like it was getting a little fishy around there. <laughs> we need a little right now. But... Uh, so Jim and Lavania uh, were given the chance to appeal uh, within their one year of, of prison incarceration, uh, but were eventually rejected and sentenced to execution by hanging. Uh, so in the remainder of their days, uh, Jim spent his time becoming Christian, uh, while Lavania dived deeper into madness and was said to become more violent, fueled with hatred for their unjust incarceration. Unjust? What's unjust about that? They she literally poisoned people. It's it's a lot of speculation if they actually did or not. Um, if the poisoning was real or not, and also allegedly, uh, Jim and Lavanya were part of a allegedly. gang. Allegedly, 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 uh, were a part of a gang uh, who had three different bases of operation: the four mile house, the five mile house, and the six mile Wayfair house. Uh, as you can see, they were uh, very creative in their their namings of their bases of operation. You know? Was Eminem also part of this? No, they didn't. They didn't end up getting to the Eight Mile House. Oh, uh, they didn't make it as far as as Detroit. Sad to say, um, if they had beat Rabbit. Maybe they wouldn't get caught. I'm, I'm not sure, but um, so on the day of Jim and Lavania's execution. Jim was said to plead for forgiveness on the basis of his newfound uh, Christianity, which kind of was seen to undermine Jim's case, uh, because why would he need to ask for forgiveness for a sin he did not commit? Um, and also on their execution day, Lavania believed that she would be pardoned for her crime. Uh, legend states that Lavania wore her wedding dress on the day of her e execution believing that the state could not put to death a married woman. And as a result, Jim was hung before his wife, now making her a widow and not protected by marriage. That's that's one way to, to bend the rules, isn't it? Um, just kind of take out the... I mean, it isn't a vow till death do us part. But, it, well, um, fair enough. I mean... Um, I mean, if you want to be... Be arrogant about it and be like, You can't hang me because uh, I'm a married woman. Well, we'll make uh, you a widow real quick. <laughs> uh, l l let me show you what I'll do to your husband real quick, uh, <laughs> and then we'll we'll proceed from there. Uh, 
Yeah, apparently the, the South, Car South Carolina had plenty of games in the uh, 1800s. Uh, so, before she was executed, uh, the legend continues to state that Vilvania exclaimed to an audience of over 2,000, If any of you have a message for the devil, tell me now, for I shall be seeing him shortly. And then... Time out. Is this whenever she runs and jumps off the stage? She runs and jumps off the, the stage, the stand, and hangs herself before being executed. Uh, so, I mean, lovely lady, I, I think, you know. Um, is, is, this, is this not a lady you know you'd like to at least have a conversation with? Oh, I definitely have a conversation with her. Like, you know... What's wrong? Like, do you need a hug? Like, <laughs> do you just need to show her crying? Is Jim not there for you right now with his, his newfound Christianity or something? I'm not I think, sure. I think what happened was Jim was think, drinking a little bit too much of the devil's juice. That's what he, it was. He was having some of that toilet wine. And um, he was beating on little Sally. Oh, in other words. As, as they do in, in Redstone Arsenal. Yeah. Um, great video if anybody uh, doesn't know what we're talking about. But, uh... Um... <laughs> Well, so while the legend, uh, as well as uh, if Lavania and Jim were guilty or not, is still heavily debated to this day, but it is believed that Lavania uh, never left the old city jail. It still remains as a violent respecter for several from several witness accounts. She is said to still haunt the old city jail, the streets of Charleston, as well as the Unitarian Cemetery because of her hatred and bitterness did not allow her to pass on. So my other thing with this though is if she was innocent, mm -hmm. I should say, yep. why would you say if you have anything you want to say to the devil, let me know because I would be seeing him shortly. If you're innocent of all this stuff, I wouldn't be saying like, yeah, I'm going to hell or anything like that, but I mean, she's blatantly saying... Like, I feel like that's kind of a confession. Like, yes, I did it. That, that, that's a fair point. Um, my only slight counter-argument, it, it's a slight argument, but a slight agreement, would be if, I, I feel like if I was falsely accused and also put to death for it and everything, and I had the, the small grievance within my heart that, you know, maybe within my faith I'm not going to, to the good place, I'm going to the bad place and everything, I'd want you know to to drag as many souls down with me as well, you know, just as a as a vengeance, as a as a hatred, as a vendetta. Um, you know, maybe it's it's in that frame of mind. Since I mean, she did spend a year in jail, and let's say she was innocent. I mean, would that not make you kind of crazy, knowing that if this appeal doesn't go your way, you're going to be hung? So, do you think maybe Jim mm -hmm. might have been the only one that did do the crimes? And he was, was just an accessory. And he just kind of framed her to be an accessory. Mm -hmm. And so that's why he's starting to get no quote unquote, which I don't know, wasn't there, but mm -hmm. quote unquote, getting right with the Lord, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and then you have his wife that's kind of getting drugged down in all this. Yeah. Like, you know. And like, I guess to go back to them trying to escape. They're both trying to escape. Maybe he was trying, trying to get her out, but he couldn't get her out. So he's like, "Well, might as well stay, stick around, go back in with her." You know? 
So, so I, I think that's a good point, but at the same time, out of all the research I've been able to do, not once did I find, uh, besides Jim's not continuing to flee, but to stay with his wife incarcerated, but not once did I find to where in Jim's pleas or before his execution that he claimed that it was solely him, Lavanya had nothing to do with it. That, that's kind of the one loophole that I think, you know, there'd be somewhere stating that, you know, Jim was trying to add himself as the, the sole proprietor, you know, that Lavanya was just happened to be there, happenstance at the times of these alleged murders or robberies, whichever is the true case here. But not once did he, you know, try and protect his wife verbally. And I guess the other flip side of that, though, is to, I'm just going to call her Liv because I can't pronounce that name. Um, <laughs> Lavanya. Yeah, I'm not going to try it. Uh, <laughs> but I guess the other flip side of that is, like, instead of you trying to plead that you're innocent, mm -hmm. her only plea was, you can't hang me because I'm a married woman. Yep. That's the other flip side of that, though, too. Mm -hmm. So, it's like, you know, I think you are kind of admitting to it that you did do something. It may not have been it, mm -hmm. but you did do something. So, so, so I, I, that's, that's a good point you bring up, but I, I want to pose a counter argument to that as well is do you think maybe it was a sign of her own arrogance that to herself say she was not guilty but maybe she had that mindset oh even if I am guilty because at the time she was known as a very beautiful young woman she was of around 28 years old at the time of her hanging um that maybe she just still had this you know young arrogance about her to believe that hey even if I was guilty who's to say that you know Yes or no, uh, I'm gonna get pardoned or not. So, well, um, if you just want to keep talking for a minute, I'm trying to find something to kind of go along against that argument, though. Okay, but right. uh, doing a little side research, you know, nothing wrong with that. But uh, yeah, I mean, because it's it's interesting to further the fact of their crimes because um, there are several rumors still on the point of them committing a handful of murders to them uh, committing up to 120 murders even though bodies were allegedly never found around the 8 mile Wayfair house or in the confines of uh, their capacity to have committed these murders um, but ironically enough though the 8 mile where or not the eight mile. Uh, you got me thinking of Eminem. No. <laughs> <laughs> the six mile Wayfair house uh, was ironically not long after their incarceration burnt down to the ground. Um, and I don't know if that was an attempt by local law enforcement to burn any evidence that was at the, the Wayfair house or to burn the house down because there was a lack of evidence. So I found my counter argument to this. Okay. To quote the late Juice World. Okay, okay. Who knew evil girls had the prettiest faces? Fair enough. I mean... So, I mean... Again... I, as... As... In... in intellectual... Um, and someone who is, is stone cold sober right now, I can guarantee it. Uh, I, I can't disagree with that argument. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you got me to box here. Let's, let's be honest. Um... Well, what's in the box? How about that? <laughs> uh, I'm gonna have to ask uh, uh, Brad Pitt from the movie Seven on that one. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna have to figure out what's in the box. Uh, <laughs> to to 
continue on on Lavinia's uh, ghost. I, I now recognize that I called her Lavinia earlier. It's Lavinia. Uh, so even I mispronounced it. Yeah, so you're going to have to redo this entire episode This now. entire episode. Nope, we're keeping it in. We're too far. <laughs> <laughs> so her, uh, as I previously mentioned, you know, she's said to haunt Old City Jail, Streets of Charleston, as well as the Unitarian Cemetery, which is ironic because she was never buried at the Unitarian Cemetery. Uh, but her ghost appears to attempt to make contact in a number of ways, such as physical man manifestation, her voice being heard uh, near her former jail cell, and even scratching at tourists who are uh, brave enough to venture into the Old City Jail. So do you think mm -hmm. their grandson might have made a deal with the devil, and that's why he's doing so well now? His grandson. Their grandson. Their grandson has to be Jimbo Fisher. Has to be. He's getting all these great recruits now. He just made a deal with the devil. I mean, I'm just throwing it out there. You know? I, I mean, just throwing it out there. She's like, all right, if I'm making a deal with the devil, I'm doing it now. My grandson's going to be very successful. I mean, what, what, what are we measuring success off of? Because he's not going to a national championship this year. The the year being 2021 um, for, for future listeners. But, uh... but, uh huh. He does have great recruits right now. Oh, I know. Sure. I know we're going down a rabbit hole here, but I mean, I'm being college football guy. I, I am here for this rabbit hole. I mean, I'm not opposed to it at all. But I mean, deal with the devil. Uh huh. Grandson Jimbo Fisher. Okay. Has to be it. Has I, to. Be. I mean, he got James Winston out of out of a bunch of trouble for stealing crab crab legs. I mean, it all makes sense. I mean, Charleston on the coast. Crab legs come from the coast. I mean. I, I, all... I think you're trying to find a connection between causation and correlation here, Bob, but that's just not there. Oh, it's going to happen. <laughs> just give me a minute. Because there's also no record of Jim and Lavanya having grandkids. Uh, maybe a cousin. We, we might be able to bleed a cousin. Jim? Jim Fisher? It's added the bow on there. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's bow time. <laughs> <laughs> he really liked Bojangles, man. He was hey, a you know? big fan. That sweet, sweet tea. That sweet, sweet tea. <laughs> and then those... Ice chicken biscuits, just like you know, got the bow on there. And we got us a grandson, Jimbo Fisher. Jimbo, okay. I mean, so Jimbo, if you're listening, ever come be my guest. We can talk about this. I I would be horrified to think what Jimbo would have to tell us if he did come on this episode <laughs> after we talked about him like this, saying that his great grandpappy's and, and grandmother's a murderer. But I'd say great. I said just very happy. <laughs> just very happy. You think he's that old? I mean, I mean, this is in the 30s, was it not? 1819. <laughs> oh. That's what I'm saying. Oh, what do you think Jimbo Fisher is? I'm a little concerned now. Okay, maybe I had a little more than two shots in this drink, okay? I mean... It was just maybe half the ball. Just <laughs> two shots of vodka, as the video portrays, you know, that's what we're going on. Well, that bottle's almost gone now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... Oh, no, maybe he's just ageless, you know? He doesn't look that old, but I think he's like... 70. Are you saying Jimbo Fisher's a vampire? I, I hate to get off on this tangent, but are you saying Jimbo Fisher's a vampire? I mean, walks like a duck, quacks like a duck. More than likely, it's a duck. Fair enough. I cannot disagree with that argument. <laughs> Alright, so to jump back into the uh, Old City Jail, uh, so besides Lavinia, there are a number of ghosts said to haunt the Old City Jail. Uh, such as African-American soldiers of the 54th Massachusetts Regiment that were captured during the Second Battle of Fort Wagner during the Civil War, 
Ironically, after the Civil War, Confederate soldiers were imprisoned at the same place that they had previously imprisoned Union soldiers. What goes around comes around, I guess. I mean... So, my thing with this is, do you think they are still in the jail because they're still trying to serve their sins? Say that all the time? And do you think they're still roaming the jail because mm-hmm. so they feel like they're still serving their sentence? As if, like, they never got out. So, like, let's say so, it's a life sentence mm-hmm. and their spirit was on. Mm-hmm. They think they are still serving this life sentence and that's why they don't leave. Right. That, that, that they, their ghosts don't know any better that they can pass on because they think for so much of their life they've been confined to this space and that that's all their souls truly ever known. So, why leave it? I mean, that's a fair point, you know, um, to, to kind of dive back into the, the 54th Massachusetts Regiment, um, kind of bleeding off that though is the rumors state that you can hear some of these soldiers, uh, through their manifestations or what have you, and also crying out for morphine, um, which was a, a, a drug, yes, during the Civil War, but was still a rarity, um, but maybe it's because of the soldier's pain and everything, crying out for morphine and everything, that their spirits didn't realize that they had died within this jail. And so the reason they're still there, the reason they're still crying out for morphine is because they think that they're still in pain. They think that they still need this, but really that they have passed on, but not have passed on to the other side. Yeah, I can see it. I can see it. Hmm. I mean... Kind of stretch, but I can see it. It, it you know, it, it's it's reaching. It, but I mean, really I'll be, what, what part of this isn't reaching though? Exactly. You know, because you know, I mean, what's to say like your mind isn't just playing tricks on you? Are you walking down the shelf? Without you a doubt. I mean, the placebo effect is is a hundred percent true. I mean, who's to say the these anomalous things that we believe in are are real or not? You know. Um, on those thing about Zach Bagans right now, our our, and... our Lord and Savior, Zach <laughs> and him just going. Did you hear that? You hear that? Let's get the get the voice recorder out. Oh, and no. then you don't hear nothing but stack. He's like, he says hello right here. They, but they, I mean, they, they they do like to uh, to embellish the small static they get on uh, their reporters. Um, Zach Bagans, uh, if you ever want to do an episode with us, get in contact at uh, no, um <laughs> I'm not kidding. You can email me. Just DM me. Slide my DMs. We'll we'll set something up. Uh, DM on us at uh, Alcoholic Anomalies uh, on Instagram or Twitter. Besides uh, point. <laughs> um, uh, but to to go back to kind of some of the ways that the paranormal activity occurs within the old city jail. Uh, so besides Lavania and her shenanigans, as I'd like to call it, of course, uh, there are rumors of former prison guards and inmates manifesting physically uh, and, and causing, you know, visible uh, uh, ramifications that tourists can see. Um, there's allegedly a child who will attempt to uh, hold hands of visitors or throw rocks at um, so, so kind of before I continue on that, uh, Bob, Bob, are you going to let a little, little ghost child hold your hand? You know, or what are you going to do in that situation? So my only thing with this is like, 
I know they make fun of Zach Bagans a lot. We're going to. Oh, absolutely. But. It's going to be an every episode thing. Oh, absolutely. But, honestly, I'm a big fan of his. Like, that's why I give him so much crap. Just because, like, I know. You, you want to be you want to be better than your superheroes, right? I wouldn't say all that. But. <laughs> <laughs> like, I wouldn't go in half these places he'd go to. Um. I mean, have, have the museum he has with all that yeah, screw that crap in it. Screw that. I mean, and live there. Yeah, screw that. Um, I'm straight. I mean, I will come visit. Yeah, absolutely. But I will not stay. <laughs> um, but going back to like something that he says a lot. A lot of times, a demonic entity will disguise itself as a child. So. Like, whenever you're saying that the child's trying to hold your hand and everything, the first, and especially if they're starting to throw rocks at people, first thing that goes to my mind is the mind entity is trying to hold your hand, is trying to get attached to you some way. Right. It's trying to get a connection. Yes. To carry on. So, on that, I'm straight. Like, I'm, I'm good with that. I'll kick a ghost baby. I mean, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Punt a ghost baby through the uprights. I mean, I mean call it a day. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm straight. I'll be like, off, was it Anchorman where they punt the dog off the bridge? Yeah, I'll do that with that little ghost baby. I, mean, I don't care. Uh, so, so we have confirmed uh, Bobby could potentially punt a uh, a ghost baby sixty yards. Uh, we'll have to test that in, in field one day. Um, but uh, as far as some of the other manifestations uh, that occur at the old city jail. The next being, uh, supposedly you could hear your own name being whispered in your ear as you walk past where allegedly a ghost is standing in the hallways or within their jail cell. I don't know about you, but I think if I heard my own name, especially my own full name, just walking down the hallway, say it's just me and you walking down this hallway, I think I might be a little wary to keep going. Are they saying, is it, is it saying the full name or is it just saying the first name? It's saying the first name. Okay. Allegedly. Because I mean, again, like if, like me, I'm all about going to these places. Like, just going to visit. Because so much history there. And plus, like, I like going to see, like, different aspects. Because I mean, yeah, it's cool watching on TV, but it's going to be a lot different, like, actually going in yourself. Oh yeah, so, you, you can say that this is going to be easy and I'm not going to be scared all day, but once we step foot in those doors... <laughs> once it gets real, it gets real. We might have piss down our leg and not be able to make a play, you know what I mean? <laughs> Not an athlete, uh, but my thing with that is, like, I even living, because I live by myself, and I have for several years, mm -hmm. Like, whenever you're by yourself and you're not really talking to anybody, you'll hear things, quote-unquote. Um, I mean, for, yes. for, for me personally, the, the boys have been gone for about a week and a half, and and normally you're you're used to hearing creaks of the house and anything. You don't think anything of it because someone else is in the house, but when the boys were gone, I heard creaks and everything, and it, and it made me kind of weary. It was like, you know, is there something here? When really, it's it's December. I mean, the house is probably just settling from the heat inside and the cold outside. But or it's just your mind playing games with you, you know? Easily could be. So, I mean, that's kind of my thing with that is like, now, unless it's like yelling at you, like off the conjuring too, it's like, my house, my house. And I, Roadhouse. Yeah, I 
crack up laughing thinking it says Roadhouse, you know? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I was thinking about Peter Griffin, Roadhouse. <laughs> but I mean, um, I mean, I guess, I don't know, if you've ever seen Unsolved Mysteries, one of the guys on there is a big skeptic. And I am not a skeptic. Like, I do believe in ghosts. But, it's just kind of hard for me to explain some of these things without, like, any kind of hard evidence. Um, like, again, if I'm just hearing it and you didn't hear anything, that's on me. Like, I'm assuming it's just my mind playing games on me. Now, if we both hear it and we both look at each other, like, hey, not want to get the frick out. But, I mean, like, that's the thing. Like, I don't know. Well, even, even with that, though, say... You heard it and I didn't hear it, and we're at the same location and everything. I, I'm still more prone to believe you than I am to believe, you know, some stranger off the street who has also visited this uh, ghost locale and everything. I'm like, oh, you know, it's just the rumor, the story that someone's just kind of spending in their own right to tell a tale, you know. But if you exclaim that to me, I'm I'm more than likely going to believe you just because, you know. The, the relationship me and you have as friends and everything. I mean, because that's kind of like the same thing with, which I hope we do uh, an episode on it, but the old Waverly Sanitarium in right. Waverly, Kentucky, yep. where you have the doppelganger. Yep. So, I mean, again, unless I'm there to actually see it myself, I'm going to be very skeptical about all this stuff. Um, but with me saying that, I do believe in ghosts. Uh, that's, or if I didn't, I would not be doing this podcast at all. <laughs> um, we, we, we do this for the love of it, you know, I mean. I'm just kind of, I just want to put like a more of a skeptical view on things that I'm sure we have a bunch of listeners that'll be skeptics, skeptics as well. Yeah. So I kind of want to side with them, but I just want to make it known. Like, right. And, I've and, had my own experiences as well. And, and, you know, I appreciate you taking the side of the skeptic, even though we do have our own reasons for believing, but I, I think it's easier to have the perspective of the skeptic, you know? I mean, yes and no, just because I feel like it's harder to believe that it doesn't exist than it does exist. Because, I mean, you can always try to figure out, like, reasons why certain things are happen, happening. So, I mean... So you think it's either chop it up to that was something supernatural, then that was something that is is normal, everyday, day-to-day life. So, I mean, us, like, you know, we're going to say it's supernatural, but as a skeptic, I feel like it's going to be harder to be like, no, well, you know, that bend over there, it's pulling a nice little draft, and that's why this was moving. When in actuality, I don't see any kind of air conditioner ever strong enough to blow a door shut like that. Like, if it's slamming shut, there's no way. So, I'm trying to show the skeptical view of it. Right. Kind of paying, like, devil's advocate for this. Understand. But, um, again, I feel it's harder to be a skeptic than it is to be a believer in that. I got you. I mean, that's an interesting perspective. Um, and not that I necessarily disagree with your perspective, but I mean, say, and in my head, can and everything, the reason I think it's easier to be skeptic 
is because our our mind tries to you know bring normality to things you know it's having that natural fight or flight you know system within ourselves saying oh whatever that was that the house settled uh the the wind had a gust and i just thought i heard something and everything it's all it was so i have nothing to fear you know to to keep me from you know having a freak out moment you know to to dive into that fight or flight moment i'm gonna say that's not necessary to have either option because nothing is wrong in the first place but your mind does come to an end at some point mm. so i mean if i'm a skeptic mm. and all of these things are happening around me at some point i just gotta be like you know maybe there's something supernatural so that's what i'm saying like it'd be harder to be a skeptic Especially if you went in one of these places. Um, oh, 100%. I, I, I think if, if you stepped into the old city jail, especially at like 3 a.m., I mean, I, I think you turn skeptics into believers. All yeah, well, I'm a believer, and you will never find me at the old Charleston jail at 3 a.m. Uh, it's not happening. Uh, I will, Bobby, you say that, but I am going to do everything my my absolute power to make sure that I that will go in the middle of the day where the lights are on. But you see me in there at night where I can't see anything. Um, I'm I good. will bring you a pretty pink little flashlight. I promise you that. As long as I can shake it. Like one of those little shake <laughs> little, little shake light. Yeah. Little shake light, flashlight. Okay. Like those old ones, like back in the day, like early 2000s, that you yeah, got you for can storm. Only maybe see 10 feet in front of your eyes. Oh, yeah. Like it's very dim. I mean, <laughs> I thought about bringing you one of those UV where you can see a mile, but I'll bring you one of those. I, I mean, don't don't worry about it. I mean, I mean, in some places, you don't want to see very far in front of you. I mean, <laughs> you're kind of not wrong. You'd rather just have the pitch blackness. I, I can't disagree. Your eyes play tricks on you the further in distance you go. It's completely understandable. Yeah, if we go back and listen to uh, another podcast, I will recommend either Red Web. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Uh, By Rooster Teeth. Yes. That's kind of where we got some of these ideas to do the podcast from. Uh, so don't copyright us, Rooster Teeth, please. Uh, but... We thank you. <laughs> but, like, I mean... Alfredo, whenever they were in the Halloween special, yeah, I mean he did the exact same thing. I mean it's pitch black in there in this old hospital, mm-hmm. and he's like, I can't see the end of this hallway. I don't want, want to go down there. Yeah, and that's kind of how I am. <laughs> so, so I mean, on that though, would you rather see the end of the hallway and walk towards it, or would you rather not see the end of the hallway and continue to walk towards this? potentially endless void that you know is is there or is not there well the only bad thing about seeing the end mm-hmm. is you can see something before there <laughs> so whereas if i'm pointing a flashlight down a dark hallway i can't see the end there could be something down there i wouldn't know it because i'm be running as fast as i can mm-hmm. i'm not an athlete i can't run very fast i'm a big guy but guess what? If I'm going, you're going with me. <laughs> I, I, I've literally, we, we, Bobby and I had discussed writing these fictional scripts of uh, going to these ghost locales and everything. And one of these scripts that we had wrote, uh, Bobby literally picks me up and proceeds to run, even though I am, I, I'm, I'm a smaller man than Bobby and everything. I just know with 
Bobby's adrenaline and, and when the fear is ratcheted up in that situation, either Bobby's going to leave me to die or Bobby's going to pick me up and, and princess carry me to the finish line. <laughs> I'm not sure which one's going to happen because we haven't been in that situation yet. But So to give you like an illustration of like the size difference here, if you just watch like one of those old... Out of Disney movies where it's like the high the senior in high school is picking on the freshman or the eighth grader just getting into like junior high. Or if you ever seen the movie Rudy, I mean Yeah, um if you're seeing Rudy, I'm the offensive lineman carrying Rudy off the field. Yes. <laughs> and and in that perspective, I'm Rudy. So <laughs> uh, but I I know we we've gone on a tangent long enough, um, but to to kind of wrap up the final instance of the paranormal trying to or attempting to make contact with visitors at the old city jail the final instance is a wheelchair that i believe is on the second floor of the old city jail that would move on its own and there's a sensation that visitors have felt they're being choked I mean, I guess if you have a choking kink, you might be into it. But honestly, for me, I think I'd rather see an apparition than I would just see a wheelchair just hauling ass towards me. I, I mean, you might disagree with me on that, but I think if I just see something like a, vi like a vision standing still several feet in front of me versus a wheelchair just beaming right towards me gonna take my kneecaps out and you know put me in the hospital i think i'd rather have the vision well you so i'm not going to disagree with you on that mm -hmm. but why is there a wheelchair on the second floor so well I mean, <laughs> you got you have the absolute best point that i'm gonna have to do some post episode research on because that might be some really cruel shit that the old city jail did what would they do? Like make them crawl up the steps? Like I mean, what are we what are we doing here? Like I, I mean, I, I imagine if he was in jail and was crippled to his wheelchair, I imagine they didn't want him leaving the second floor. Um, because I can't imagine there was an elevator. Because like I said, this place was a jail up until 1939. I mean, yeah. I mean, pulleys like, and elevator systems were a lot invented a long time before that, but like, let's say they were sentenced to death. Do they like Jason Voorhees and like Friday the Thirteenth, where they just kicking down the stairs? Like, <laughs> like what, what do we do here on this? Like, on this <laughs> machete right to the forehead, kick you down three flights of stairs, and see what happens. I mean, that's that's my thing that like is like the reward if they can crawl up the steps. Like, I just don't understand why there's a wheelchair on the second floor of this place. And two, why do they still have it there? Why don't they just get rid of the wheelchair? You don't have to worry about that anymore. See, see, that's kind of my question on it. Is after that person what, had either passed away or was executed, whatever happened, why did bury him with the wheelchair? I don't care. Just get rid of the wheelchair. <laughs> yeah, something. Why is the wheelchair still there? Why would you keep it? And like, would you not put it in a storage closet or? In your warehouse that you have for your, I don't know, you gotta have some type of location for your shit. Now, it would be weird though if they did put it in like a storage closet and they just come back every day and it's out. That would be kind of. That'd be a little weary. And especially like if you walk past the wheelchair to where like the handles were facing you, and then you turn back around and like the front side was facing you, 
I think I'd punt that wheelchair out the front door, but that's just me personally. Yeah, keep down the stairs first. But... I, you put a machete <laughs> in it. I mean, that too. But I feel like... My thing with all, with all this is, like, you know, they say whenever somebody dies, like, has their legs back? Like, it's a, like, they're in a bad situation. They just couldn't walk. They die. So, well, she's walking again. Or he's walking again. Why would the ghost still be in the wheelchair? I mean, fair like, enough. <laughs> Why is he still handicapped? I mean, that's a good point. Like, there's so many theories that when you die as an elderly person, you're reincarnated as a child or as a young adult or, or whatever. Not reincarnated, but like your next life. Yeah. Whatever. But it, it, you raise a good point. Am I still an, an amputee or a handicapped individual? And not to make light of these individuals or anything, but... Am, am I still that way in the next life where my physical body no longer matters? I mean, even in even in Happy Gilmore, he's like, I got my hand back, you know? Exactly. I mean, that's my thing. Like, why are they still be in the wheelchair? Or is it like maybe a guard that might have passed away in the jail? He's thinking that he's having to transport a prisoner. That he still moved. That he was the person responsible for yeah, this I mean, that's the only thing I can think of. You know, you guys because because out of all the research i had done there was never a manifestation of something visible within the chair but that just the, the chair would move on its own and that would sometimes smack like uh visitors in the in the shins and everything as they were like going and visiting the, the chair. what a douchebag i mean god we hit him in the shins Pick a man while well, he's down. Well, well, hold on. Well, yeah. But, <laughs> but say I'm... I, I think you've raised a really good point, though, Bobby, is say I'm the guard who is transporting this prisoner in a wheelchair. Who am I more than likely trying to get the hell out of my way but other prisoners? Am I going to show any sympathy to these other prisoners who are in my way, taking up my time? More than likely, I'm going to hit him in the shins, right? I'm going to hit him in the shins, get him out of my way, and keep going, right? I mean, yes. I'm still hung up on the fact, like, how do you get the prisoner up the steps? Because, like, I can, I can think of, like... Do you, cradle, I, do you princess carry him? I, I don't know. I mean, after 400 pounds. Like, it could be a big guy. I don't know how big the wheelchair is. I haven't seen a picture or anything it's, of it. It's, 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 it's a small wheelchair. It's just a normal wheelchair. Okay. Nothing special about it. So, I mean, the only reason I could think of, like why they still have it in the prison but they don't use it for this reason would be if like an elderly person like came to visit the jail to like visit like see the history of it and then they had trouble walking around so give it's, it's a very very old very, very so that's that's my thing though like why why keep them like I can understand like keeping it for like history put in a box you know yeah. keep it in a box you can't move, do, do, you did. So basically what you're saying is, do we need to do an, an episode of Hoarders for the Old City Jail? You know, do we need to bring out that apple box? Or bread box, I meant to say. I don't know if, I said, I don't know if an apple box... Are you just looking at my laptop right now? It's an apple product? Are you looking at my watch? Are you looking at my phone? Like, you're just stoked on apples right now. Apple, man. Apple stock, baby. Let's go. Right to the moon. Um, I'm pretty sure it dropped today. But it, anyways... It did. <laughs> well, besides the point of us losing money. Um, uh... But no, I mean, it's, it's an old wheelchair, and say you and I were to take a, an, an official visit with tour guides and everything, 
one of the biggest things that they tell you before taking the tour is that they're going to show you the wheelchair and that you are not allowed under any circumstance to sit in the wheelchair and so they're very strict on that you know um, well, i mean if it's that old you might fall through it but yeah, so for i guess a safety thing. reason yeah a safety thing in a in a an effort to preserve historical you know I don't want to say artifact in this reference, but you know, but again, historic, like historical piece. Again, put it in a box. I mean, put it in a box. Put it in a warehouse. Put it, yeah. put it behind a glass plane. I mean, you don't have to have it just sitting out. Like, mm-hmm. especially if you got people getting hit by it. Like, I think OSHA should come in on that one. Like, come on where, now. Where Where's my hard hat and chain guards, man? Yeah. Let's, let's shut this place down, baby. Yeah, get those metatarsal guards on my shoes now. Like, you know? Exactly. I, exactly. <laughs> I'm just still hung up on the fact that why is it on the second war? I I don't know why it's still hanging me up so much. Because <laughs> I mean, you know, unless they had a rope and pulley system to get them up to to the second floor, I mean, well, let me. That's just blowing my mind right now. I'm I'm, I'm gonna have to do some more, more research on it, but I am almost positive that uh, this wheelchair is on the second floor of the old city jail. I, mean, I can understand if like. As soon as you walk in, they have it right there. Like, as soon as you walk in, I could see it. But the second floor is just too far of a stretch for me. Like, they have to have some way. And, and, and like I've, I've said previously, I don't want to make light of the fact of, you know, handy, handicapped people or handicapped people or amputees and everything, you know. Um, but... Would that not be a good safety measure to make sure you didn't escape if you were incapable? But it seems like almost more like a a punishment, though. Because I mean, I mean, even if you're in jail, you get yard time. Like everybody knows that. Now you get time to go outside. Well, that's kind of being like, unless you're in solitary confinement, which I mean, if you're on the second floor, you're more than likely not. You're not going to be in the hole. Yeah, but. Were you guaranteed guard time in like eighteen hundreds? I mean, that that I think that's gonna deserve more research. Wait, hold on, time out, time out, time out. This is the only thing I can think of. So it was used as like, like almost like a hospital type deal for prisoners, right? For like during the Civil War. During the Civil War, it was it was used to incarcerate Union soldiers. So I wonder if that's what it is, then. Kind of like a punishment. Because, I mean, if you're a prisoner of war, they're not going to, like, treat you right, well they're at all. They're not going to treat you well, no. All right, you're, yeah, I'd much rather be in jail but, than but on, war. But honestly, I, I think if you're in prison during war and there are also prisoner wars with you, I think you're getting treated not very well at all in the first place. I mean, because there's a war going on those guys are obviously fighting for something and I'm just causing a headache because of something else I think I'm gonna get worse punishment than those guys personally but I could see them doing that because I mean to where they use that wheelchair for the prisoner of war mm-hmm. instead of the actual prisoners so, of the jail so, supposedly the individual who uh was in the wheelchair had uh, and it was an original wheelchair from the 1820s so pre-civil war um had a disease relative to the time and everything um 
that did cause this individual to be immobile. Um, trying to do some more research on the fly, um, not finding as much. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's even still, it's it's a spectacular event to have, you know, one in the first and foremost, a wheelchair from the 1820s at all that, you know, can still roll, that can still even hit tourists 200 years after the fact, you know. I mean, yes. Again, put it in a box. I mean, that's all I'm asking. Put, put it, as we've said, put it in a box, put it, put it behind glass. Yeah, I mean, if you're going like, because I have done this before where I went on like an old Navy ship mm -hmm. and I toured it. Guess what? Most of your stuff is behind glass. <laughs> yeah. Or is screwed down to the ground. Yeah, I mean, do something where you can't move. Yeah. But, I guess on the flip side of that is, if an entity is trying to get it to move, because mm -hmm. they make a like connection. They may, can't, like, they may just get frustrated mm -hmm. with not being able to move it, and then they start doing other things within the jail. Um... So, but so, so I, I don't want to dive too deep into this, but do you think, say, a group of tourists surrounded the wheel the wheelchair, and through that, it's through the frustration of a ghost that would give it the ability to move the chair. I think it would be the intimidation factor. Because I mean, you think it's you, more intimidation? I mean, yeah, you, you gotta think like that. Like you know, if I have. If I'm getting surrounded, like let's say I'm getting surrounded by a bunch of people. I don't like crowds anyways. So like I get surrounded by people. If I know if I make this one thing move, like they'll get away, I'm gonna move that thing. Like especially if it's gonna freak them out and it's gonna scare them, they're they're gonna leave, like run away, I'll move into a heartbeat. So I mean, I think that's what it mainly is, like if you surround it, and if like a group of people are surrounding it, just trying to look at it, and they're like, Oh, let's see if it's gonna move, and it moves. I'm, I'm gonna make them leave, like especially if I want my space. Right. Say I'm a spirit, and these flashes of light are abnormal to me because they're coming from a camera that you know did not exist in in this frame to my time or anything. And these this attire and these these people who are not normal to my time or anything. Yeah, like like you said, I'm probably gonna be a little scared, and so I'm gonna try and intimidate. You know set my own grounds and, and try and get these people away from me. But I guess on the flip of that, though, is that it would have to be assuming that's an intelligence period mm -hmm. instead of just, what is it, a... I can't remember what the there, word there, there's, there's intelligent spirits and there are routine spirits who all they do are follow the routine that they had followed during their life. Yeah, so, like, it's not... It's not called routine. There's another word for it. There, there is, but the biggest example is this. It's basically just another routine of lighthouse. But they experience. do not, yeah, basically. But they do not react to anything that goes on around them. Yes, they just do the exact same thing every single day. day. So, I mean, that's I guess the other thing that you have to look at though is like, I mean, if I'm if I see it move one time, let's say it's like right now, it's twelve thirty a.m. Hmm. So, like, if I see something move at 12.30 a.m., I would want to come back to the next day and see if it does the exact same thing at the same exact time. Yeah. Because, I mean, that would be more that would explain it better to see if it's an intelligent spirit rather than, um, I guess, a, like, I don't know, a routine spirit. 
I guess that's what you'd call it. But we'll, we'll do more research for the second episode. But yeah, I mean, because I can't remember if they. Because that's the one thing I do like about Ghost Adventures. They usually tell like this is mainly a routine spirit, or this is going to be an intelligent spirit. Because yeah. intelligent, they respond off of what they're being told. Yeah. So, I mean, they do point that out. I can't remember what they found with this episode that they had done, um, but that's kind of my thing. Is like you know, if it is an intelligent spirit and it's like people surrounding it, mm-hmm. then yes. I would want to try to make contact with this just so I can get a better understanding of what it is that they're holding on to and try to help them release. Rather than, I mean, if it's just a routine, like, there's nothing you can do for it. Yeah, they're just doing what they're essentially programmed to do or what they've always known to do, and nothing's going to change what they do. And I guess that goes back to rather it being a prisoner that's moving the wheelchair or the guard, because it's the guard, it's routine. It's routine. Where if it's a prisoner, it's going to be intelligent. Yeah. And I I agree with that 100%. You know, what is truly possessing, you know, what's causing that chair to move. Um, yeah. So I, I do think that that bears for the investigation of if it's intelligent or if it's a team. Um, so, Zach, if you want to go do an episode back at the old tour from jail, hit me up. We'll be right there on the field <laughs> with you, babe. Uh, Just don't go at midnight. <laughs> Uh, yeah, don't go at midnight. Let's go at 3 a.m. The witching hour. Um, that's what we prefer. Uh, and that's by, what you prefer. By, by, yeah, I was about to say by <laughs> we. I mean me. Because um, I know that's with the shit out of Bobby the most. Um, go like night time. <laughs> night But kind of on that last point, Bobby, where, where was any, any, any thoughts on, you know, walking through the old city jail and having the sensation of being choked because for me personally i think walking you get through, turned on by it but it's it, it's it's not a kink um out, out of the ones i do have it's not one of mine um but it might be for some people i'm not judging but uh for me i just think walking in any old building especially a building that was built in the early 1800s i imagine there's a lot of dust in, in other crime and everything that's constantly in the air that's going to cause me to kind of feel a little short of breath. And I might kind of open that up to being like, oh, I kind of feel choked and everything. I mean, I... So I feel like we're about to switch sides of this. So you're going to take the side of the skeptic. So I'm this taking the skeptic. Okay, okay. So This is rare. So for this one, I'll say one of two things. Okay. So are you getting choked as you're going by the wheelchair? Because I know you kind of correlated those two together. We used introducing it earlier. So it does correlate the wheelchair. Well, yes and no. Um, it, it's more of an experience that individuals have had while walking down uh, the hallways um, past the jail cells. Typically, it's certain jail cells, but I wouldn't say, uh, well, it's one of those things that it, it kind of comes, again, causation correlation of where is the wheelchair at uh, on each individual floor, say I'm on the third floor heading towards, say heading east and everything, and it just so happens that the direction I'm heading is uh, east and the wheelchair is also east of me. But 
regardless that walking certain directions in the hallway makes individuals feel as if somebody has their hands around their throats in this film trip. So I have I have three different things that this could possibly be. Mm -hmm. So first one is, this is why I asked about the wheelchair. I'll start, no, I jump it off yeah. from here. So I don't know if most of you know, but a wheelchair in a prison is not going to be like your typical wheelchair. Like you're getting cuffed down to it. They usually tie your throat to it as well to keep you from headbutting somebody. So I feel like that's where they're getting the choking sensation if they're close to the wheelchair. It's like just a re that's what it is residual. That's what it is. Not routine. It's residual. It's residual. Yeah. There we go. Finally figured it out. <laughs> Big brain energy. <laughs> but uh, the residual energy coming off that wheelchair from them constantly having to strap somebody's neck into that wheelchair. So. I feel like that's the first one. Second one would be, there was a ton of hangings in this jail. So like, Absolutely. let's say they walked by a jail where somebody was hung. Mm -hmm. Like they lived in that jail cell since death, they were hung. So that's the second instance of them feeling like they're getting choked is it might feel like the noose is around their neck. Yeah. Um, and the third one is, it's prison. There are murders in prison. Whether that be by strangulation, or be by getting stabbed, probably more than likely in this, or suffocation. Mainly, those probably gonna be the three big ones during this time. Um, so, I mean, what do you use to strangle somebody? You either use your hands, or you're using the bed sheet. Yeah. The, the so, linen cloths to you know. Yeah. So I mean. Who's to say that you weren't walking by a jail cell where somebody was strangled in that jail cell and that's ultimately how they passed. So, again, I think it's all residual energy depending on where you're at in this jail. Mm -hmm. So, I will take the supernatural yeah, And, and that, that's kind of that's kind of fair if we, you know, swapped roles to me playing the skeptic and you playing, you know, the, the believer on that. But, you know, I, I like that. I like that. Um... But before we finish off the Old City Jail, are there any final statements or questions you had about this, you know, small little four-acre lot in Charleston, South Carolina? I would like to go visit there, just during the daytime. Uh, <laughs> so, so we, we, we plan on going there at late as at night, um, one day. So if you're uh, listening to this and you might work at this jail, Please do not grant us access after closing. <laughs> uh, please do. Um, and contact me, uh, your host, Jason Sparks, and not my co-host, Bobby Strickland, instead. Um, but if there's nothing else, uh, Bobby, I'll hand it off to you. All right, so we just have a few disclaimers uh, we'd like to make at the end of the episode. Uh, as you know, we're all drinking during this, so please drink responsibly. And if you or a loved one are struggling with depression or suicidal tendencies, please call the United States National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255. Help is available 24-7. Love you guys.